MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network 182, episode 182. This is dedicated to Gabe Conrad uh, on Twitter, who um, gave us a very nice tweet saying, these guys put out great content every week, gambling or not. It should be on everyone's MMA podcast radar, and I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, me, considering I'm one of the hosts of that show, I would be Jeff Shocks Fox. The one who's been accused of just being the setup man for the Gumby God, Daniel Breland. But we'll see about that. I'm pretty good at picking fights to everybody. All right. Uh, 67% this year and I'm up money still. So let's go. Uh, this this um, 182 is going to be all about this Saturday's fight uh, night card, UFC fight night, UFC uh, on ESPN, I guess it's called Santos versus Hill. UFC and ESPN 40, UFC Vegas 59. Oh, I just realized it's on my brother's birthday. So I'm going to send this one out to my brother too. Um, since August 6th is his birthday. So hopefully he'll be watching these exciting fights on his special day. Um, let's bring in someone, another guy whose birthday is coming up soon. Hopefully he'll have, <laughs> have us all over to the uh, Gumby estate, all the Degens. It's the one and only Gumby God, Daniel Vreeland. I thought we were going to just skip by that again this year. We're, we're usually pretty. I thought I had missed it. I thought I missed it. And then I checked Twitter. And I'm like, oh, he's got it on Twitter still. Good. Oh, God, coming dude, up, everybody. I, I, left that 11, on, get ready. I left that on Twitter, huh? That doesn't yeah, sound like did. me. You oh. did. And oh, I believe one yeah. of your children's birthdays soon, or I might have missed it. Is it soon uh, or did it's, I miss it? Not, it's after mine. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, yeah, no. One of my child's birthday is coming as well. So August is an exciting month. Yeah, it's very exciting. I, uh, I'm not a, not a birthday guy. Um, really? Yeah, not a birthday guy. You don't like attention? Is that what the problem is? That That is, it's funny that I, I host a number of podcasts yeah. where people pay attention to me and tell and me that they TV like my picks. sometimes. And, yeah, now I'm on TV occasionally giving out advice and stuff like that. And people see my face and yeah, it's wild. I don't actually like uh, attention very much, uh, believe it or not. It's a nice <laughs> face though. It's a very Thank you. nice Thank face. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so, somebody, what was it? Was it Munaf who said something about my eyes being dreamy when? Uh, <laughs> yes, he when, when I was that. on TV that time, he said I was very. Dream- I won best eyes in my high school senior class just for so. Everybody- oh, they gave away such a thing. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, of course, of course, they, it's like it's an American high school, dude. It's got to be superficial on some some stance. Thank God you weren't homeschooled still. Eh? You had no idea <laughs> about your dreamy eyes until high school started, and then you realized, and, and you may not have. Um, got exposed to pantera either right He's yeah no no, was, no no i i i was exposed to pantera before okay. I went to, of course nice. come on i've got i've got a cool dad so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right awesome um this isn't a pantera episode this isn't even law pantera that was a lot what two episodes ago um when law pantera fought no this is a uh, talk about august being exciting is this an exciting event for you this fight card we broke down the prelims last episode okay like nothing super exciting 
on the prelims. It's some fighters that we like, like Terrence McKinney and Brian Battle, but nothing mega. How about how about the main card here? I, I would say it's kind of the same note throughout the whole thing. I have like a fighter in multiple fights who right. I like want to see something out of. But, like, I'm not sure the opponents they were given are the right ones for me to see. Like, I'm interested. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Brian Battle. I'm, like, interested to see what he looks like down a weight class. You know, you mentioned Terrence McKinney. I'm interested yep. to see if he has a more composed approach here or is even forced to use a composed yeah. approach. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think he will uh, be. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Um, And, yeah. and like, uh, Corey McKenna, I'm interested to see if she can get a wrestling going again and top game going again because she really didn't against Elise Reed. Um, we're, we're going to talk about a couple of the other ones on this card that I'm interested in, but, um, yeah, like a lot of just like, I'm interested in what one of them can do and like, I'm not sure their opponent's even the right one to test it. So, uh, it could be exciting. It could be telling. And then Terrence McKinney could also just knock somebody out in 13 seconds. Yep. That is true, but it is a tough finale episode. So that should make uh, you very excited. Yeah, I, I in one of these fights is super close too, so uh, yeah. I, I'm excited to talk about that one. Well, what uh, what were your thoughts on this past season of Tough? Um, I think there was like a lot of promise, uh, and I, I think that's kind of what Tough has turned into for me. Um, is, is there's like a lot of people who show up on there like incomplete. Like a lot of people yep. are like, why, why not? Why not just throw Tough to the dogs and instead? you know, just give us uh, extra episodes of Contender Series or whatnot. A lot of these fighters who are fighting on tough have like a flaw or more than one flaw or like just don't put things together the right way. Like we're going to talk about Juliana Miller. She's got crazy good jujitsu. She trains with Boogeyman Martinez in San Diego. She's very oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> do, do you know Boogeyman Martinez? No, I don't, unfortunately. Oh. I like the oh, name he, He's a, yeah, look up a picture of him. He looks like a Boogeyman. Um. His his actual first name is Richie. Richie the Boogeyman Martinez, um, big in jujitsu circles. But like she's so good at jujitsu, but like her her striking has got pressure to it, but not really all that technically great. She's not really great in getting in on oh, the takedowns. Scary. Yeah, yeah, but he's like the nicest dude on the planet too. So, uh, <laughs> but like so Juliana Miller has got like lots of skills and lots of promise, and she's young, but she's also only two and one. So there's like tons of stuff for her to work on putting it all together. Um, and, and I really think that that's what tough has become is like, can we bring them to this house and iron out this major flaw that they have, um, with like different coaches, sometimes just getting a different set of coaches on you is important. Um, whereas like, uh, you know, contender series is just like your first UFC fight basically at this point. Um, yeah, it's basically a one, one fight trial contract in the UFC. Cause like they used to have debuting fighters fighting debuting fighters that used to be a thing the UFC does. They don't really do it anymore. Instead, the contender series is where that gets done. So, yeah, um, yeah, we're not getting the level of talent we used to get on the Ultimate Fighter because there's there's far more easier ways into into the UFC uh, nowadays. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's break down the card. First, I'm going to tell you about uh, our awesome sponsors that keep the lights on in both our studios here. Uh, um, what's the first one? WinBet, of course. Thinking of joining WinBet now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. So they're matching your bet for you. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get 100, a 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T 
to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I haven't mentioned yet, but make sure you get into our Discord, um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Sweat some bets with us. Have some fun. Uh, it's always a fun time, and Gumby and I are always in there. Uh, not as often as Superfan Jong, who, who lives in there, but um, fairly, fairly often. And when you are downloading all that stuff and online, make sure you use an IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without ad security. You might as well give away all your private data. Hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. And use promotion code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. On to the picks. Main card portion. If you want the prelims, go back one episode. Main, we have a couple of dogs on there for you if you're into that type of thing. Uh, main card, ESPN, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, let's start things with the females, women, women's flyweights. Ariana Lipsky, the queen of violence, versus Priscilla Cachuera, the zombie girl. Um, the zombie eye-raking girl. 11-4 uh, and four with six knockouts for Cachuera. She's been submitted twice, three and four in the UFC. However, she's won three of her last four including her last fight. She has missed weight in the past. She used to fight up a weight class at Bantamweight. Inch height on Lipsky, she lands 1.3. She's uh, more active landing strikes, 1.3 times more active. She's been outstruck, though, in the UFC by uh, minus 3.45 strikes per minute. So she takes a beating. Um, probably all those strikes were her debut against Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, grappling stats were in favor <laughs> as, well, as well. That was horrific. Um, but, hey, she lived up to her nickname there. Um, plus 140 for her. Ariana Lipsky, the queen of violence, has not lived up to her nickname in the UFC. Uh, she's 14 and 7, with six knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out three times. She's three and four in the UFC, uh, one and two over her last three. However, she did win her last fight. However, it was against Mandy Bohm. Uh, she was a KSW champion. She got two inches of reach on Cachuera, six years younger than her. She's been outstruck by uh, 0.57 strikes per minute in the UFC, minus 170. I'm going to go first since it's I let you go first last time. I'm going dog again. Uh, I'm going on that female underdog train. I, I don't know the stat. Maybe Dan will, will know it when I let him speak, but female underdogs have been coming through in the UFC. Um, Ripsky has just not been impressive since she left KSW and joined the UFC. Um, Katerera is a dirty cheater, so she's going to uh, do anything she has to to win this fight. And I think she, you know she's obviously going to be grimier, um, probably more physical in the fight, um, very hard to finish her. So I, I think she can outlast Ariana Lipsky. I am willing to to uh, take a stab here at the plus 140 money. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Katerera too. Um, oh. Yeah, like I, I, 
I'm I'm with you on this one where I've been really underwhelmed by Ariane Lipsky. Um, she, she's got almost no ground game to speak of, which I mean, that seems wrong talking about the fact that she beat Luana Carolina by knee bar, but like Antonina Shevchenko, like manhandled her on the ground. Um, you know, Not good. Montana De La Rosa looked like she wasn't trying. Molly McCann took her down a bunch, um, which like, don't get me wrong. Molly McCann's on a great run right now, but like Molly McCann shouldn't be taking you down regularly. She's um, English for crying out loud. And and so like, I, yeah. Um, although Martia Casey's English too. Um, <laughs> great wrestler. I, I think Kachuera could go to the ground if she needed it, which is a nice piece for her. Right. Yeah. But also she's got really good power in her hands. In fact, that's what yeah. has won her all three of her last three fights. She knocked out Shanna Dobson in like 40 seconds. She knocked out Gina Mazzani. Um, and she also, she didn't knock out GE on Kim, but she she landed 69 strikes less than GE on Kim in her last fight and still took the decision because, like, that's what she's doing with the power in her hands is she's yeah. stinging people. Whereas, like, you know, as we kind of noted when we talked about EG on Kim the other day is like she just doesn't have any snap in her punches. But like Kachueta does. So uh, I think Kachueta has an advantage on the feet in terms of power with Lipsky. Um, I think she can hang enough with her technically that she's going to land enough to win. And I think she's got the takedown in her back pocket here. So, um, yeah, uh, give me Kachueta and give me the dog money all day. You got to go with the cheaters. The cheaters know how to win. So Kachueta, it is. She really shouldn't be in the UFC anymore, though, right? I would have canned her after that. Uh, <laughs> yep. Was it Jillian Robertson subbed her? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it's one of those fouls that's like, okay, well, people cheat. You know, we saw, uh, you know, this person, Juliana Pena the other week or last week, grabbed the inside of Amanda Nunes' glove about seven times and like didn't get caught doing it. Like whatever. That That's not possibly ruining somebody's life. Uh, whereas mm. like gouging somebody's eye out would be. It could in fact ruin their their livelihood right like that could have yep. ended jillian robertson's career if she she got her way so uh yeah uh not a fan of kachueta but i am a fan of her at plus money against somebody like ariam lipsky <laughs> yeah that was a um she said who's paul harris hold my beer watch what i'm gonna do so yeah and who's I, 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 i'm not I'm, i might be a who's apologist um, I think that dude just needs to see a sports psychologist. I don't yeah. think he was ever trying to like end somebody's career, but I think like once he was in fight mode, he was not able to turn fight mode off, yeah. which is you shouldn't be fighting if that's the case. Um, but I, but I don't think there was like tons of malice in what he was doing. Um, there was just like no shut off valve. Uh, and that's, you can't be that as a fighter. Yep. Very true. Anyhow, that, that that's our side. Uh, let's move on to heavyweights. Uh, the big boys, the chunky guys. We finally got some hashtag chunky guys. Um, Augusto Sakai versus Sergey Spivak. Uh, let's tell you about Sakai first. 15-4-1, 11 knockouts on his record. He's been knocked out three times. He's 4-3 and three in the UFC. He's lost three straight fights, all via some form of knockout or TKO. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He went 4-1-1 in Bellator. 2011, he's been a pro fighter since. Based on the last weigh-ins, he was 20 pounds heavier than what Spivak was when uh, he last fought. He's 1.3 times more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by almost a strike a minute. It's uh, 0.95 strikes per minute. He outstrikes everyone uh, in the UFC and plus 200s. Number on him, Polar Bear, Spivak, 14-3, six knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice, five and three in the UFC. He's won four of his last five, including his last fight. He won via TKO. His loss was to Tom Aspinall on short notice. So I think we will 
allow that. Uh, he, he was a regional champion. He's got inch of reach on Sakai, four years younger than him. Striking stats in his favor. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by about half a strike per minute, uh, plus 0.57. He also has grappling stats in his favor, minus 250. Over to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sergey Spivak. Uh, fairly confidently here. Um, I would say for a couple of reasons. Number one, Augusto Sakai has had his brain turned into mush for three straight fights. <laughs> yep. Um, in like a bad way. And, and, you know, for people saying that, you know, Sergey Spivak doesn't hit like Tai Tuivasa or Jair Rosa Striker, Alistair Overeem. You are correct. He does not box like any of those. But also brain damage is not uh, uh, one way or a one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It is cumulative. It keeps building up. Um, he's had a little bit of time off, but like, is it enough? Probably not. Um, and also I would just say this, Augusto Sakai would probably get out wrestled, wrestled and out muscled here by Sergei Spivak. Um, over him, took him down three times. I mean, he got taken down by Blagoy Ivanov. Like, I, I don't really trust Sakai's wrestling either. Um, so I, I think there's a whole bunch of different paths for Spivak, but it, I, I think this is pretty clearly a Spivak fight here. Yes, Spivak is my pick as well. One of the um, younger heavyweights. He last, actually he he was the youngest heavyweight at one point recently. I'm not sure if he still is, but um, yeah, the guy's done. Um, like Dan said, brain damage, yada yada yada, all that stuff. Um, and I think Spivak's even even putting that aside, Spivak's just better than him, uh, more well-rounded than he is. So give me Sergey Spivak, please, at minus two fifty. All right, let's um, actually, before we jump into the tough things, let me tell you about a brand new sponsor of ours, Odds Tracker. You might want to know what Odds Tracker has. It's a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. Um, they have handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather, and bet tracker allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities. So all that is in the app. So you're going to want all of that. Go over to oddstracker.com slash blue wire to get it today odds tracker the number one site for all your game day bets thank you for coming aboard odds tracker all right tough time i'll have to admit i have watched film on these people now oh my i was gonna ask because i realized the way it was getting set up you you were getting the first tough fight and i was wondering what is that gonna look like now i gotta ask did you watch um did you watch ultimate fighter fights or did you go back and watch like invicta fights i did both Okay, wow. Yeah, there you go. Ex- UFC ex- Fight Pass. I'm, I'm taking advantage ex- of it. So Extensive film studies. Exactly. I even watched some Miranda Granger uh, for for the prelims, so there you go. Um, Did you watch her fight with Hannah Goldie? No, I, um, I, I didn't. Uh, was, I, I'm like, oh, that's too long. Really, I don't want to watch was, anything it long. It was also so. really, it was really fucking yep. bad. I was live at that fight, and it sucked. Oh, oh <laughs> fun. Maybe I could have seen your dreamy eyes, the, the best eyes in, in wherever you went to school in Massachusetts. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure. Your high school. All right. Um, I didn't watch the Ultimate Fighter, but I did, um, like I said, watch film uh, on this. And I also listened to E. Spencer Kite, a uh, friend of the pod. I listened to his uh, his podcast this morning where he, or actually this afternoon when I was trying to outrun a, a tornado warning, um, and he he broke down these. He, it sounds like he watched the Ultimate Fighter too, so it's, I guess it's you and him that watch it. So. Nice. Um, Yes. So find uh, Spencer Kite's uh, Substack and subscribe to that and listen to his podcast because they're good as well. So anyhow, he broke down broke down the fights as well, but uh, I had already made my decision and he had agreed with me. So let's go women's flyweight. Rogan Walker Sanchez or some sometimes she's just Rogan Walker. Uh, Not Sanchez is, anymore. Divorced. Okay. Yeah. Wikipedia is wrong again. Rogan. So she's on the market. People. Rogan Walker uh, versus Juliana Miller. 
Um, let's tell you about Walker. She's a killer bee. She's also the bear. Uh, seven and two with one submission on her record. She went two and zero in the Ultimate Fighter. That's how she got to the finals here. Three and two in Invicta plus one hundred eight is the number on her. She's fighting Killer Miller. Two and one with two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. All of those fights were in Invicta, so very high level there. She was also two and zero in the Ultimate Fighter. She also is a pro grappler. Has a quite extensive grappling experience. Three inches of height on Walker, eight years younger than her, minus 130. Um, I like what I see with Miller um, much better, and, and I, I think I like this number as well. Um, yeah, her, her grappling is is fantastic. Obviously, she's way younger as well, and um, and Walker, what, had a knee injury in the house? Was this a live season? It time? was not. A, no, it was not a live okay. season. So, so there's so been a, they, they've been out. They've been out of the house for a really long time, I think. Okay. I, I still like Miller regardless. Uh, I, I like her promise. Um, I'm hoping that um, she turns into a decent prospect here. So give me the youngster at minus 130. Yeah, I, I think your point about her being a better prospect is correct. Um, but based on what I saw in the house, I'm going to go with with Brogan Walker. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the dog money here. And, and the reason yep. why... It is it, I kind of like I mentioned before on the show, what I think the ultimate fighter has become is like, do we have these like broken fighters who don't have everything put together and how much of it can we put together? And and with Juliana Miller, I think she's she, she knows how to turn the pressure up, but doesn't necessarily know how to technically do all the striking aspects well uh, when she does. She's got great jujitsu when it hits the mat, but doesn't necessarily have the best wrestling entries to get there. And I think the people she rolled through on the show, Juliana Miller rolled through on the show, are the type of people who she could expose doing that. You know, like she she exposed Claire Guthrie, another person with maybe not the most experience, who really dealt with the pressure poorly. Um, same with Caitlin Neal, you know, not so great on the ground, was willing to engage with her on the ground. Um, you know, like that, those all, all of those things, you know, kind of concern me because Brogan Walker is somebody who is well-traveled and just fought the best of the best. Um, you know, like she fought Aaron Blanchfield. She fought Miranda Maverick. She beat Miranda Maverick. Um, you know, like she, she's it. a, yeah, she's a, uh, tough <laughs> SOB when it comes to that. And I will say this too, the biggest selling point for me on Brogan Walker was her last win on the ultimate fighter. I, I went into the semifinals thinking she was going to lose to Laura, uh, Gallardo. Laura Gallardo is a very strong wrestler. Um, she doesn't really have much of a striking game, but a really strong wrestler, and could turn up the pressure a little bit. And Brogan had no issues with it. She just stuffed everything. So I think if she could stuff everything from Guillardo, I think she's going to stuff most of Miller's takedown attempts, stay away from the jujitsu and just win on the feet. We shall see, Dan. I am a, a tough expert, so we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, hey, uh, tape study. I like what I saw better with Miller, but we shall see what happens. Uh, anyway. there, there's a reason, there's a reason this fight is lined so closely. Like I remember yeah. when I said before, there is an ultimate fighter finale one. That's kind of close. And I'm excited about both sides. This is one of the ones I'm excited about both sides of the fight. Yep. Um, all right. Heavyweights. Zach Paunga. It's got an end in there. I was told, right? Paunga. Yeah. You, you nailed it. This is Mohammed Usman. Is that how you you say that name? Uh, that I've is it. that name before. <laughs> Usman. Uh, all right. Uh, let's tell you about this one. This one is a heavyweight fight. Usman is the motor. He doesn't really seem like a motor, Dan. He doesn't really fight like a motor as well, but that's his nickname versus the Ripper, Panga. All right. Usman first. Seven and two, three knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted one time. The only time he's been stopped. Two and all in the Ultimate Fighter. 0 and 1 on, in PFL. Uh, two inches of height. 
on Panga when you're younger than him. I don't think I have reach listed for either guy. Uh, I don't think we have those stats yet. Plus 195 on Usman. Panga, the Ripper, 5-0 and with one knockout, 2-0 and in tough. Used to fight, or mostly he fights at light heavyweight. Uh, he was in the NFL. He, I don't see any stats for him. Was he just like a practice squad guy? Do you know? Um, I want to say he he was a fullback and possibly yeah. suited up for was it the Colts. Um, okay. I can get I can get you that as you yeah. as you continue to work it out. Not a big deal. So, uh, and, and he was pro rugby player, so he's an athlete. Um, but he's fighting up a weight class. Uh, minus two forty on him. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? While you look things uh, up. No, it's, it's my turn to go first. Okay. Um, and, okay. and it doesn't look like he has any player stats on NFL. Uh, and he was a fullback for the Texans. Uh, so right. I had that one wrong. Um, I'm going with Ponga here. And, and actually, it's it's worth noting that he has said that his future is at 205. Um, when he yeah. says, I believe I'm going to be a UFC champion one day. He said it in the press conference this morning. I believe I'm going to be a UFC champion one day at light heavyweight. Not at heavyweight, at light heavyweight. Yeah. And while I usually would be like, oh, am I concerned about the size? Am I concerned about all of those types of things? I'm not because he's so much faster than Muhammad Usman. He is ridiculously faster than Muhammad Usman. Um, when he weighed in on the Ultimate Fighter, I, I want to say he came in in like the 240s. So it's not like he's going to be tiny. Um, he trains with with Curtis Blades. Uh, so it's not like Usman's going to throw any takedown stuff at him that he's not surprised about in like Ponga is so much better of a striker than Usman. He's so much sharper. He's so much tighter. Uh, I, I just think he he blows Usman out of the water on the feet here. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, the, the athleticism is is uh, on a different level. Um, but yeah, he he does not look like a a uh, a heavyweight. So he's definitely uh, um, got to move down a weight class after this. But that's generally what seems to happen with with people on the Ultimate Fighter very often. Um, all right, so we're on the same page for their co-main event welter waits vicente luque versus jeff neil let's tell you about neil first hands of steel hands with a z of steel uh 14 and 4 eight knockouts two submissions one he's been knocked out once submitted once six and two in the ufc he's only won one of his last three though that was his last fight however uh one on the ultimate uh sorry dana white's contender series the new ultimate fighter used to fight at middleweight he's missed weight twice in the past 2012 was his pro debut. He's uh, been outstruck by minus 0.28 strikes per minute in the UFC, plus 150 on him. Vicente Luque, the silent assassin. We're having a lot of assassins these past few weeks as well. Uh, 21, 8, and 1. 11 knockouts, 8 submissions. He's been submitted twice. 14 to 4 in the UFC. He's won four of his last five, but he did lose his last fight. He's fight at middleweight as well. 20, 2009, he's been a pro since. He's a year younger, though, than Neil. More active striker, plus he's been he has outstruck his opponents by uh, plus 0.12 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. Uh, I'm taking Luke. I'm not uh, sold on Neil. Every time Neil has stepped up uh, in competition, he has lost. Um, and I'm hoping Luke still has it. Um, I'm hoping his last loss isn't a indicator that he's on the the uh, slippery slope of his career at this point. So, um, but give me Luke. Um, I think he's. He's probably better on the feet and definitely better on the ground. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, like I, I think the only concern about him off of that Bilal Muhammad loss is like, is his, his dealing with wrestling defense kind of an issue now, right? Because yeah. if I'm remembering that fight correctly, and maybe I'm not, um, didn't Bilal Muhammad take him down like half a dozen times? Like, 
So like you start to worry about that. Is that going to be a huge problem with him advancing up the, the welterweight rankings? I'll probably keep worrying about that. Cause there's always Colby Covington and Kamara Usman and Sean Brady in this, these rankings. So like it ain't getting any easier than Bilal Muhammad if he's trying to climb to a title shot. But I will say this is like Jeff Neal's not that guy. Um, Jeff Neal is going to stand and trade with him most likely. And he's probably going to sting Jeff Neal. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Vicente Luque too. Fun fact about this fight card, which uh, a lot of people might not know. Do you know uh, what other fighter on this fight card that that Vicente Luque has a regional win over? Hmm. On this fight card, let me see. Not one of the females. I think I can I can eliminate those. <laughs> there, there are a lot of women's fights, so you're, you're yeah. safe on that one. Smiling Sam? Great guess. He not he he beat Tiago Santos. Oh, really? Which is wild when you consider their sizes right now. Um, yeah, no yeah. kidding. Santos being a welterweight is wild. Yeah. Or was that I, at middleweight? I think it might have been at middleweight, but it was a long-ass time ago. I want to say it was like... Uh, like 2012 or something like that. There might not even be the stats for how big they were at the time. Cause it was like a, you know, a tiny little regional show, but Vicente Luque win over Tiago Santos. There you go. Uh, um, very, very interesting. Hopefully a win over Jeff Neal this week as well. All right. Onto the main event, uh, light heavyweights, Tiago Santos versus Jamal. Don't call me Jamal Hill. Um, sweet. Actually his real nickname, sweet dreams. And he's fighting against Marata, Mahata, excuse me which is sledgehammer. So he thought he would get a massive sledgehammer tattoo on his, on his uh, chest and torso. Um, all right. The new father, Tiago Santos, 22 and 10, 15 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times, 14 and nine in the UFC. He's only won one of his last five fights. He did lose his last fight as well. He used to fight at uh, middleweight. He used to fight at welterweight. I can't believe it's hard to believe, but yes, he used to somehow get down to welterweight. Two and two in the Ultimate Fighter. Somehow he uh, he went two and two in the. How did he stay in the house if he was two and two in the Ultimate Fighter? Do you remember? Um, I so that was a Brazilian season of the Ultimate Fighter, so I'm not super familiar with the the foreign language ones. Okay, there you go. Uh, even even Dan has has standards apparently when it comes to Ultimate Fighter. Um, 2010, he's been a pro since. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 1.4 strikes per minute. He also has grappling stats over Hill in his favor, plus 225. Sweet Dreams Hill, 10 and 1 with one no contest, six knockouts on his resume. He's been knocked out one time, four and one with one no contest in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, both via knockout. Uh, he's maybe he's getting his his big boy power now. Uh, one no in the contender series was a regional champ, two inches taller than Santos, three inches reach, seven years younger. He's almost two times more active landing strikes, 1.9 times active, uh, more active. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by insane 3.35 strikes per minute, uh, minus 280 on him. Uh, I'm, I'm going. Is it my turn? Yeah, it yeah is. it's my sure. turn. Yeah, I think it is. Yep. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I'm gonna go with Jamal Hill. Um, the the big issue for me here, Tiago Santos is having trouble pulling the trigger, right? Yep. Like that that is such an alarm against Jamal Hill, a guy who will move forward, who will pressure you, who has long reach and knockout power. Like that's the last in the fact that he's aggressive. He's the last guy you want to have issues with pulling the trigger. You have to deter him from letting go with his hands, right? Like if you just let Jamal, he'll back you up unload two or three yeah. and then like circle, like he, he's going to kill you. You have to, when he steps into range, punish him for stepping into range and then make him, you know, maybe even make him grapple a little bit. If not 
all the way on the ground just in a clinch and wear him down. You know, like make him when he steps in be worried about something. And that's literally the thing Tiago Santos is having the most trouble with in his last yep. few fights. And and actually every single fight since he lost to John Jones, he's had trouble pulling the trigger and forcing people to pay for for stepping into range. Jamal Hill just steps in at range here today at will and, and just beats the hell out of him. Yeah, this is a common, common thing with fighters who uh, stick around too long. They cannot pull the trigger anymore. And that's definitely the key with Santos. Yet another person that um, John Jones has ruined. The, uh, we're, we're running into a lot of fighters who, um, like Alexander Gustafsson, for for instance. Like uh, Once they lose to John Jones, that's the end of it, uh, of their career, basically. And plus, Santos had a serious knee injury. He's not really looked the same since then. Getting quite up there in age as well. And Hill is pretty damn good um, for a light heavyweight. Uh, mind you, uh, and he's been knocking people out. Um, yeah, he's he's going to light up Santos on the feet. So he is the obvious pick here for me as well. So that that is the main card for you. But no, we're not done. We're going to give you a recommended place, and uh, we're going to win some money there. Um, I'm going to be super cautious, like I always am. And Dan will probably he'll he'll hit all his cautious ones, and then he'll probably have a couple crazy picks, and he'll lose on those. Am I right? <laughs> I'm I'm actually my picks written out this week a little more cautious. So if you came right. here looking for for edgy Gumby, you might you might come a little short. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna kick it. I'm gonna kick it off with 40 bucks on Zach Ponga. I I think oh, he just right. batters Mohamed Usman in a bad way. All right, minus 240 on that one. Um, let me see what we got here. Give me 25 bucks on Jamal Hill. Um, we just broke down why, um, but give me 25 bucks on that. And what was that number? A minus 280, so it's, it's a big one. Okay. Uh, and I'll take the, my next 40. I'm going to go 40 again on Sergey Spivak. Uh, I think he's just going to absolutely crush Augusto Sakai um, and dominate him in, in pretty much every way. Yeah, minus 250 on that one. All right. Um, I think I'm going to skip that one because it is heavyweight, so you never know. Um, what numbers did I like off the prelims? Not minus 600, not minus 900. Um, Brian Battle, I like that. Minus two forty is kind of high, but I, I like him to win that fight. So give me twenty-five on Brian Battle over Takashi Sato at minus. What did I say? Minus two forty, I think it yep. was. Yep, minus two forty. And I'm gonna take my last twenty because I'm already down to twenty. And I'm gonna put on Stephanie Egger in the uh, opening fight. I, I think she's gonna have no problem with Myra Buena Silva. Yep, I was going to play that one as well. Um, let me see. I may I may actually change the amount of money I'm putting on these fights. Um, Egger is at what minus one twenty. All right, I got fifty bucks left. But I think, like I said, I think I'm going to change. Um, I'm going to put forty on Battle, thirty on Hill, and then I'm going to put thirty on Egger because I don't see any other picks that I really like here. So uh, Egger is my pick as well. So let's recap. Mr. Gumby God, he's got forty on Pounga, forty on Spivak, twenty on Egger, all money lines, and I got all money line as well. Thirty on Hill. 40 on battle, 30 on Egger. Now, do you have a Hungry Man Jong super fan parlay for us that's going to hit this week? I I have one that I feel pretty good about. So this one, okay. uh, I'm going to kick off with, you know, I mentioned Zach Pounga just so much faster than Mohamed Usman. It's yeah. heavyweight. Uh, in, in like I said, it's going to be mostly a boxing match. I think Pounga knocks him out um, or at least gets a TKO here. The TKO KO number for Pounga is sitting at plus 250. Uh, so I like that as a starting point. And then uh, we'll round it out with, you know, I just talked about how I like heavyweights who finish fights. I'm actually going to take a heavyweight decision. 
Uh, I'm going to take Sergei. Sp- Who are you, Yanni? I'm, I'm going to take Sergei Spivak beats uh, Augusto Sakai by decision. Because I mentioned yeah. Sakai's been knocked out three times in a row, but it's all to, like, big power punchers. And, like, Spivak yeah. loves to just, like, drain your life away by, like, pinning you against the cage. And it's not like, you know, it, it, it's not like uh, Sakai is a guy who goes out and gets subbed. Um, he, he doesn't right. look out of his element on the mat. You know, like, his only losses are these three recent knockouts and a split decision loss to Shet Congo back in Bellator. So, like, he's a guy who, like, could probably hold his own once it's on the mat, but he's probably just going to, like, look like a fish out of water for the most part and, like, get tired. And I don't know. I don't think Spivak's necessarily going to sub him or TKO him. So I'll take Spivak by decision, which is plus 450. Uh, so when you pair those two together, you're going to get plus 1825. Wow, 1825, insane. One of the biggest ones we've had. Not the biggest, but one of the biggest. Yeah, so you're yawning now. You're taking uh, – no, these aren't heavyweight starters. Dude, no, it, yeah, but like – so I got to I gotta knock that for just like two seconds again. <laughs> it, it's one thing to like think that a heavyweight fight can go the distance. Like, but when you have two dudes who literally – one has a boxing background – like it has has been a prof. Actually, both of them have been professional boxers. Both of them have been professional boxers. Both of them lack the d- defensive striking, and both of them <laughs> just love throwing bombs. Like, how do you think that's the over is gonna hit on that? Like, like the, you wanna you wanna play some percentages and find a high pick. That's cool. You know, I miss yeah. on once once in a while too. But like, my goodness, have a reason for it other than like I don't know. There haven't been many overs. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll have more talk about that on, on Sunday when we do our um, Dana White Contender Series um, episode. But yeah, good old, good old Yanni. So, all right, uh, that puts this one to bed, episode 182. Get all those picks in, get in the Discord. Um, it'll be jumping on Saturday night when the fights are happening. It'll be jumping other nights too. Because what, there's LFA and there's PFL on Friday this week. I think. Oh yeah, let me let me let me quickly. Uh, if, if you made it this long in the show, uh, you deserve an extra yeah. pick. Uh, let me throw you an uh, uh, underdog pick from LFA since I didn't give you very many uh, oh, UFC yes. picks. Uh, if you're listening to this and you get this in your ear before LFA starts, uh, Ari Farias plus 180 against Missionary Takanaka or Tanaka, um, who's a UFC sendoff. Farias, high-level jujitsu specialist. Tanaka tries to take him down, he's going to get his neck taken. So uh, I like Farias in that fight. And that's Friday night, right? PFL? I think so. I'm yeah, just, August right. 5th. August 5th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Friday. And if you, if you want dance PFL picks, they are on our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, go to the MMA tab, and Dan did a write-up for PFL's semifinals start this week uh, on, I believe it's Friday. Um, so, yeah, anyhow. This is a long way of saying there's it's going to be jumping in the discard, I'm sure, all weekend. So make sure you get in there. Um, and Jong is posting more food pictures as we speak. I just checked. He's he's in Venice Beach. <laughs> he's in Venice Beach eating, and it looks he's got some delicious food. So he also did you see Dan? He was uh, Superfan Jong was in the uh, at the mothership ship at the SGPN headquarters the other day. Oh, he's really he's really traveling it around. Yes, then, huh? sweating out bets. So there's a video of him uh, going crazy because one of his tennis bets came through. So there you go. <laughs> he, he was watching and, and he watched uh, yeah, con- Contender Series on, on the God's Eye in the SGPN uh, studios. So there you go. Um, all right. So Discord told you about Dan's podcast, Top Turtle MMA podcast. He's interviews Brian Battle and Terrence McKinney this week, both uh, who are fighting on the prelims of this here event. Um, moneymma.substack.com is my site. You can see my MMA writing, and at the very least, 
entry to the Pick'em Contest that I'm writing for this event as well. Uh, SGPN MMA on Twitter is also the place to be. Gumby runs our Twitter account. And I am Jeff Fox writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. And if you post a review for us, uh, as a reminder, post a review. We're going to be giving away a $50 gift card to our sportsgumbypodcast.com slash store. So you can get some swag like the Gumby inspired t-shirt that's in there now. So uh, give us a review. Um, tell us how amazing Gumby is uh, and how pedestrian I am. And uh, maybe you'll win a uh, win a prize from us. So um, I think that's it. If not, we'll let, um, if there's anything else, Dan, go right ahead. If not, go ahead and take us home. We'll be back on Sunday. I'm Daniel Gubby Vreeland. He's Zombie Girl Jeff Fox, and we will see you on Sunday.